0: sought after for their success, and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business.
1: Now, here's your mentor. I'm glad you joined us. I am Tom Lorry. We have a very special edition of The Mentors Today. A question that we want to start with is, is opportunity knocking at your door but you are not answering? Are you telling yourself someday or now when it comes to seizing an opportunity? Have you missed opportunities because you have let your flame die out? We will be tackling these and many other questions today with our guest mentor, Lori Ann Loraca. Lori Ann has been working at CNBC since 2000. Her track record has garnered the trust and respect from Wall Street Rainmakers to Washington. She is known as the producer with the trillion-dollar Rolodex. Today, she is the senior editor of guests for business news at CNBC. In this role, she coordinates guest coverage and special remote events for all shows on the network. She books high-profile politicos, CEOs, and newsmakers, and also reports... On stories for CNBC.com. She is the author of three books, Opportunity Knocking, Dynasties of the Sea, The Ships and Entrepreneurs Who Ushered in the Era of Freight Trade, Thriving in a New Economy, Lessons from Today's Top Business Minds, and the newest book, which will be released uh, this month, or next month in June, Dynasties of Post-War Shipping Pioneers. We're going to be talking today about Opportunity Knocking and a little bit about the, uh, her interest in the uh, shipping and the seas and uh, the water and all that that uh, entails and what it means and why that's important to us. Lori is also the proud mom of three active children. You'll find her on the weekends cheering her boys in hockey and baseball and her daughter at equestrian competitions. And she's also a proud board member of the Rose Brucia Educational Foundation, which I'll ask her a little bit about as it has to do with uh, safety in schools and families around the world. Lorianne, thank you for joining us today. Let's start with um, Opportunity Knocking. Uh, What was it that inspired you to write this book? Well,
2: when I sat down to write the book and I, I started reflecting on questions that people normally ask me and I'm very lucky where I know a lot of people from a variety of businesses from different industries and they're all successful. And one of the biggest questions that all entrepreneurs ask me or just people from, you know, working at say like your local bookstore all the way up to uh, senior execs is how can I see opportunity and what are the strategies and it dawned on me that the strategies that all of these people employ the ones that I'm lucky to know I actually have these strategies and then I started digging deeper saying heck opportunity is for everyone it's not just reserved for the CEOs it's not just reserved you know to the billionaires Every level of the workforce can achieve what I like to call world domination by adhering to the seven different steps that all good leaders share. And the most exciting part is we already have a lot of these ingrained in ourselves. We just have to have the self-awareness to tap into them.
1: Well, you talked about these seven steps, and I assume those are the building blocks for what you call the opportunity pyramid. Uh, Could you tell us a, a little bit about those steps?
2: Yeah, sure thing. I mean, being in television, I'm very visual just because of what I do. And I think also it helps people see your path. You know, we've already we've always heard about those, you know, the path not taken. We've read all these wonderful poems about the what ifs, right? So what I did was I kind of created what is like a symbol that everyone knows, and it's the pyramids. They have stood the test of time. And so I created each level of the pyramid, honing in on the different strategies that everyone looks at and the first one is fortifying your foundation which is the building block and that's knowing who you are knowing your strengths knowing your weaknesses because if you actually focus on your strengths uh, and you build on those and also recognizing what you need to work on you're going to achieve success because why not you're good at something why don't you try to forge that path and so then the next uh building block after that would be building your knowledge so it's, it's uh, fortifying your passion, be it with meeting the right people, meeting with mentors, uh, having that insatiable appetite to read, and then I've also of course focusing on some of those weaknesses you might have to beef up on, so that way it doesn't bring you down. Uh, the third level is defining your opportunity strategy and sticking with it, and that I think is one of the hardest things that folks have, is because you know who you are, you know you want to, you know what you want to achieve. But it's sticking on that long path because, let's face it, hard it's hard work. It can take time. And so then after that, to kind of keep you through this, like, critical level of the pyramid, it's the next uh, level called fueling your passion. And that's what's going to get you through those humps, over those hurdles. And then another one, of course, is staying the course. Just keep on doing getting, you know, folding your in with the right people, building yourself up. Um, and then also learning from the mistakes along the way because your mistakes can teach you just as important as, of course, you know, your successes. And then executing, that is another level. And then finally, thinking ahead to the world domination. Once you achieve your success, if you want people, there are always going to be people nipping at your heels. So you always have to stay one step ahead. So you always have to think ahead. And that's where good leaders are are made and then also they keep on being made because they're looking ahead they're not being they're not satisfied with just achieving that one set.
1: well we're going to come back and dig in deeper on these uh seven critical building blocks after the break and uh we'll be back in just a second
3: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented My Pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My Pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer
4: ever. My Pillow is now offering 50% off their 4-pack special plus free shipping. Go to mypillow.com or call one 800 890 1 800 890 6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay, order now. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full time or part time, your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to HopeInACan.com. That's HopeInACan.com. HopeInACan.com.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome
1: back. If you just joined us, this is Tom Laurie. I'm your host today. We're talking with Lorianne Larocco who is with CNBC, about how you can build your own pyramid to success and opportunity. In the last segment, Laurieann, we were talking about the seven uh, building blocks. And a couple of them I'm I'm really curious about, or certainly all of them. But the one about um, networking and building out your network uh, what, are, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way uh, on doing that? I've learned in the, in the work that I've done with people that are, are in transition. I run a ministry in California for people that have lost their jobs. I, the, extending their network and meeting people and everything is one of the greatest challenges that people have. In terms of surrounding yourself with positive
2: people. I'm a firm believer, uh, personally, myself, and with these leaders that I've looked at. They, um, be it from Ralph Slashman, um, you know, to see a Case, where he's got, like, three principles, and one of them is the people. Um, a great leader is like a point guard. And, and like Ralph says, they make everyone around them a better performer. So leaders not only um, lead, but they also inspire. And you want to have people around you that are receptive to that. You don't want to have everybody in the room that's the same thing, right? You don't want a carbon copy because that's boring. And you want to have people that will challenge each other. So in terms of looking at the right people, you know, you have to make sure that when you're hiring someone, yes, on paper, they may be great. Um, or, you know, when you're in front of a colleague, but they have to be based around the same core principles, fairness integrity, charity, honesty, these are principles that that people need in order to be successful. Yes, there are degrees of ruthlessness, right, to get to a certain stage in terms of success, but you can be a good person along the way. And if you're a nice person and a positive person and you... Uh, project that around others and you surround yourself with others, it's just going to create a beautiful environment, not only for yourself, but the uh, other people that are working with you. Because, you know, let's face it, we work the majority of our lives, we need to be happy. So I think when it comes to the people aspect of it, it really is a life lesson in terms of, you know, in terms of, you know, putting others forward in terms of, um you know, living by those right principles. And that way, if you are a good example, other people will follow. And I think it just kind of is like that trickle-down effect.
1: Now, you mentioned uh, Ralph Shawstein. He's the former Treasury uh, Secretary, isn't he? Uh, he, was a, uh, he, was
2: a, he was Assistant.
1: Assistant Secretary. And he had uh, four, that you mentioned in your book, Opportunity Knocking, four rules to live by never compromise your integrity, always strive for perfection, treat everyone with respect, and constantly communicate. Uh, Could you Mm -hmm. touch on those uh, four rules? I know they're integral to what you believe as well.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, in in terms of being a journalist and with what I do, you know, every day I am, you know, I get a lot of uh, embargoed information from companies. I work very closely with the White House and the Cabinet members. Um, My integrity... And the ability of folks being able to trust me is what I've built on. And why many years ago, like when Secretary Ross, uh, Commerce Secretary Ross, uh, was in the, the private sector, he would call me literally in the middle of the night telling me about the billion-dollar deals he was going to make. Because he knew he can trust me. I had the integrity. And honestly, if you are caught in a lie or your integrity is tarnished, it is very hard to reconcile that because people don't forget. Um, always, like in terms of striving for perfection, why not? Why, why, why settle to be second best? If, if you're good at something, you put all your energies into that. And I do that with my book writing, with my reporting, uh, you know, for dot com, being first, uh, you know, in business news. You know, yesterday we had breaking news, uh, well, Monday we had breaking news with Secretary Mnuchin. Um, he only did CNBC, and that's because of the relationship that, that we have. Um, this is all about you, and if you, and also it's, you know, treating everybody with respect. Um, you know, how how would you like to be treated? I remember one time I had a, uh, a press person on the phone talking to me, uh, and he was eating while he was talking, and just being very rude. And I knew his client was a little bit older and would not stand for it. And I told him, I said, I don't know who, he think, you know who he thinks he's speaking with, but I deserve respect. And he actually fired that press person. So I think that you have, the way that you carry yourself and the way that um, you treat others and that also that you can be trusted, I think goes a very long way. And, of course, in the business world with Ralph um, it's all about deal-making. If you can't trust that deal-maker, why are you going to make a deal? And, honestly... If you can't bring them home to your mother, you know, for for, for Sunday supper, um, maybe you shouldn't be doing a deal with them. So it's, it's it, it, a lot of it. Think a lot of people think that success or whatever is some grand, you know, scheme, you know, Wizard of Oz behind the curtain type of moment. But it really is very basic, and that's why I wanted to write the book because. You know, this this is stuff
1: that our parents taught us when we were little. In case you just tuned in, I'm Tom Laurie. You're listening to The Mentor's Radio. We're talking with CNBC's Laurie Ann Larocco, the producer with the Million Dollar Rolodex, about lessons learned from industry leaders and others on seizing opportunity. I uh, liked your little comment about bringing them home to mother. I happened to uh, start my career with American Hospital Supply Corporation, which was founded by Foster McGaw who was a son of a methodist minister and he was big on culture and hiring the right people was really critical and he told all of us as we were building the corporation to make sure that the people we hire are people we could bring home to sunday dinner so that really resonates with me i think that's a great way to uh, how you how you look at people that you're dealing with and and I, and i think we've all learned along the way that um, Uh, Because we've let our judgment go sometimes on people, and we've only been burned by it. Now, coming back to your uh, book, Opportunity Knocking, you talk a lot uh, about failure. Uh, How important is failure to uh, finding opportunities and and realizing all you can be? Well, I I
2: think failure is necessary in the course of success. Because if it came easy, you would take it for granted. Um there are learning experiences with every failure. Um, one person case in point, um, you know, like Steve Case. He achieved world domination or or success twice. He had never AOL. Um, and of course is the big major AOL time warner debacle. Um at the same time that happened, his best friend, his his brother, passed away from uh, cancer and he found his way surrounded himself with amazing individuals and also uh, then created revolution where now, you know, he's back on top again and investing in the next big thing. Um, He's learned what to do and what not to do, what works, what not works. Um, I think it it develops, it helps um, nurture your patience and uh, your creativity, if you will, in terms of ways to handle Uh, crises because it's the how and why and strategies that you employ that make you, uh, successful. And look at even like Harold Pam, who's also in the book. Uh, she's in oil and how many, how many wells can you drill that can wind up, uh, dry, right? Until you hit the big one. So all of these individuals learn and when they're tested, that's what makes you the leader. It's how you recognize the situation and realize, okay, what can I do to make things better or, uh, you know, seize on the opportunity? Because sometimes when you're at that bottom, opportunity is waiting for you because, you know, things could be, if you're acquiring companies, they could be at a lower price, but that company may be a really good company, but it's lower price because of the crises. So I think it's vital in terms of anything, um, you have to own up to it. You have to own up that you made a mistake, and you have to realize what did you do wrong and never do it again. But more importantly, also figure out ways how to handle a crisis.
1: We're going to go to break, and we're going to come back in a minute. We're talking with Lorianne LaRocco from CNBC, direct from the studios in New York City, about the Building Your Opportunity Pyramid.
5: Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take, or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org.
3: Are you struggling with how to practice your faith at work? Get answers to your questions and much more on the Catholic Business Journal, focusing on careers and business with a Catholic perspective. That's CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. The Catholic Business Journal, generating a return on principle. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz.
6: This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willett Hauser Architectural Glass. Willett Hauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen, with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience, brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. WillettHauser.com. There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosher, a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence, and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Bullyofasia.com.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable
1: CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're talking with CNBC's and Larocco about building your opportunity pyramid and making sure you take the blinders off when it comes to what you can be. Lorianne, we were just talking about failure in the last segment, and... One of the things uh, you talked about uh, taking ownership and figuring out what you need to do to go forward and all of that. But one of the things, there's such an emotional impact from failure for many people. Have you, Mm -hmm. in talking with these people and the people you've worked with, have you seen a thread on what people do to bounce back? Is it innate or is there other things that they bring into play for uh, bouncing back from failure?
2: I think it it depends solely on, it's a combination of the individual um, and also surrounding themselves with people um, who... Uh, you know, who they can rely on. Um, like Harold Tam, um, his mantra, which I love, is planning, planning, execution. Planning is integral, is in- integral uh, to good execution. People who come in with their hair on fire irk me. Poor planning on their part does not necessarily constitute an emergency on my part. So... It, they they really rely on the others that they are with. You're building a team. Um, it, it's true. There's no I in team, and they do build their businesses based on teamwork. So I think when something is, you know, when something is not going, you know, to their plan, um, they they hone their own skills. They know they have a long way to go. They're all about the long game. They're not about the here and now. Yes, of course, they want to seize on opportunity, but in order to be successful, you have to think about the long term. And that's with even your own career. I mean, you could be working as a cashier in a supermarket and then you want to be store manager. Well, then how the heck do you do that? So then you, um, so then you, you know, you make the according plan, you know, the plan that way. Um, but if there's a falter in it, then you figure out ways to go around it, and you and you talk to other people. This is where mentors come in, but this is also about surrounding yourself with with people either that you want to be like or people that are going to support you in your decisions.
1: And you mentioned uh, that there are intangible intangible qualities that lead to success. You've talked about some of them. Uh, But you also say there is one thing, uh, there's one attribute that really sets true leaders apart from the rest. What is that one attribute? Listen,
2: we're not the end all be all, we're not special. You're only special in front of your mother. Um, You have to prove yourself each and every day that you are awesome. And every day is a new day, every hour is you know, a new hour. And you are given the opportunity and that is time. Time to raise the bar, Time to set the standards. Time for others to realize how awesome you are, and for you to look at yourself in the mirror and realize what am I going to do today? How am I going to do it? And what do I want to achieve going down the line? It's, it's literally like a ladder. Each step counts in order for you to rise above. You're a barista, and you want to open up a coffee shop. You, you know, you work your butt off it and be the best barista that you can be. What can you learn being a barista? What You know, the heightened self-awareness. What do I need to work on? Okay, people think I'm X, Y, and Z. How do I work on that? Or people people think I need to work on a certain thing. Who do I talk to? Who, who do I want to emulate? Things like that. And then you ha- just constantly read and expose yourself to as much as possible. That way you have that heightened self-awareness of, A, what you're good at, and what B, what you need to work on, and how are you going to achieve what you set out to do.
1: In case you just tuned in, I'm Tom Lorre. You're listening to The Mentor's Radio. You can get more information on this show and past shows at TheMentor'sRadio.com. That's TheMentor'sRadio.com. Today we're talking with CNBC's Lorianne LaRocco the producer with the Million Dollar Rolodex and lessons learned from industry leaders on seizing opportunity. Laurieann, you mentioned Harold Hamm. He, uh, as I remember, uh, discovered the Bakken region of North Dakota and Montana and helped pioneer in the area of fracking. And as I recall, you uh, mentioned uh, the role of grit uh, as far as a key attribute in terms of seizing opportunity. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the grit you saw in Harold Hamm? Because he obviously was ahead of everybody, and uh, no one believed in what he was doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, Harold is, to me, the quintessential American dream. He is a billionaire with a high school education. And uh, he is always he's always been a believer about people. He's a big people person. And, you know, being one of 13 children, his parents were sharecroppers. They couldn't afford to send him to college. And he only went to school during the wintertime because, you know, he worked out on the farm. And he was inspired by the oil industry and he wanted it, he just loved them. He loved the people, he loved the environment. He thought it was really cool. And he figured, okay, how am I going to do this? And he, you know, he was just very hard pressed to cram as much leadership training into him, learning by others, developing his own skills, uh, reading. He took some classes into geology, and he he is a risk taker, but he knows that, you know, you have to plan. And it's it's all about planning. Um, You have to be conservative um, in terms of, you know, because he didn't have money back in the day, so he still has that mentality. Um, You know, you only borrow um, meaningfully to develop projects. And he just he after all that research he realized I've got to try and do this because if I if I strike, if I struck black gold right I'm gonna you know we're gonna make our mark and he did and uh, actually they're the largest uh, producer in the Bakken uh, as you pointed out but he realized that his persistence that got him through that grit was that he knew he had the lack of knowledge. become a success in oil and he needed to build that knowledge to achieve his goals he knew he didn't know everything and he learned all he could from others in the industry and 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 who are the right people to break into and honestly it's that heightened self-awareness that we just talked about it takes a big person to recognize when someone needs help and I think that Harold really is a good person for everybody to look up to because how many people do you know today as an adult will actually admit that, you know, they need help on something or they may not know enough? And to me, that's as gritty as they come. And it's because of that grit and his past in acknowledging that lack of knowledge that got him to where he is now.
1: Now, of all these people, and how many people do you think you've uh, talked to in the course of your career at CNBC? Thousands? Or? Oh, thousands probably. probably right yeah <laughs> yeah definitely so, uh, and you tie, and you obviously mentioned and again the book is The Opportunity Knocking and you'll find a uh, uh, reference to that on our website if you're interested in clicking through to get a copy for yourself uh, what is there anyone in particular that you wish you had as a mentor that you've met along the way that hasn't been a, that is not was not a mentor for you oh that's a tough question um,
2: I don't know. One of the people that I really do look up to out of everybody um, is Wilbur Ross, Commerce Secretary. And here's why: he left he left his job at Rothschilds, I think at 65, to start out on his own. That's the age when people, you know, are recurring. No, he wanted to start his own company, so he left. And age 67, he made his first billion dollars, uh, which just shows you it's never too late, folks, to get out there and you know, and, and make that billion. Um, but it's the way that he views opportunity. And um, for folks who, who don't know the Commerce Secretary outside of, you know, him being in the White House, he was a, what people call a vulture investor, which means that he would buy beleaguered companies and turn them around. And at one point, he turned around the steel industry, the coal industry, auto parts industry, um, and, and. He bought H&O, you know he bought he bought companies and he would turn them around into billion dollar success stories. And I've always just admired in terms of how he can look at something that people would say is just garbage, and and turn it around because he knew that it had the good bones, it had the foundation, and he would build it up and then and then spin it off. So I would would have loved to have kind of been. Maybe like an intern for for Secretary Ross to see how he would use certain things like back in the day when steel was belly up and coal was belly up and auto, you know, the auto parts. I think viewing somebody like that who can look at the negativity and see that glimmer of goodness is is a gift. And if people have folks like that out there in their lives, they need to hold on to those people.
1: And do you do you have any mentors or have you had mentors along the way that you can talk about?
2: I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a lot of mentors, but I have looked up to individuals where um, in local news uh, there was a reporter, uh, Jane Luttrell, uh, in Orlando. And actually, I, met, I believe I mentioned her in the book. And she was one of these people where she would walk into a room and she would command it as soon as she just walked in. Like this positivity. And the way that she handled herself and the way that she would report on the news and come up with stories, but more importantly, also give you the reasons why. Remember everything. There are three, there are three pivotal points in the reason why. Any good business leader, any good, uh, debate, uh, topic, you know, that you're hitting on, you always give three reasons why you're going to do something. And she did that. And I just really thought, man, I want to be like Jane. And I just kind of held her standards up. And I just kind of wanted to think, well, what would Jane do in certain instances? And that's that's what I did.
1: Well, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about your new book and your interest in uh, shipping on a global basis and what uh, we can learn from that.
7: In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to catholictextbookproject.com to find out why.
5: Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We as a body of believers are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. And now,
0: back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. I'm Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're with CNBC's Laurieann LaRocco. We're talking about her book, Opportunity Knocking, and we're going to talk a little bit about her interest in the global shipping and what goes on in the seas and what it can mean for us. If you just tuned in, you can get the whole show at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. We love your feedback and questions. You can leave a question anytime, 24-7 at 844-610-8255. That number again is 844-610-TALK. You can also like us on Facebook at The Mentors Radio. Lori, you wrote a book on uh, shipping uh, a few years ago, and you're about ready to release your second book. The first book was uh, Dynasties of the Sea. The Ships and Entrepreneurs Who Ushered in the Era of Free Trade. And the new book coming out in June is Dynasty of post Shipping Pioneers. What, why has uh, the topic of the sea and what's going on there uh, been an area of interest for you?
2: Well, I've always loved uh, the sea. Um, I grew up on Long Island, and uh, like many kids on Long Island, we went fishing. So from my aspect of my connection to the sea, it was with my dad. And uh, we would go out on our little fishing boat and, and fish. And I always looked out at the horizon. And I know that the world is big, but we're connected. And we're connected by the water. And over 90% of our trade is uh, by water. And uh, shipping is actually a forward-looking indicator of, of the global economy. Because when you look at the uh, the, the items that are being shipped, be the commodities, uh, to the iphones you can get a good sense of the health of a country's economy based on what they are consuming and also based on what they're exporting um because that also is an indication of course about how like their neighboring trading partner is uh is doing so i wanted to see what these individuals are like at cnbc um you know we've covered maritime i've had lots of people on and uh I was approached to write a, write the first dynasties of the sea, uh, because just of my uh, curiosity, if you will, and just about my passion about how. When you're looking at these containers, you really get a sense of how the world is doing.
1: Is there information generally available about these shipments that uh, anybody can go and look at so they can? Uh, understand what's going on. I, I'm fascinated with the idea how this is a forward in, leading indicator on what's going on. Is that data available to everybody easily, oh, or is yeah. it you have to dig and find it?
2: Oh, yeah, no, no. There's, there's definitely trade data out there. Um, if you go on the Commerce website, um, there, there are, there's a, enough data out there to you know to to fill you up. Um but also, too, you know you you do have some publicly traded companies uh, that you know that that service in terms of the commodities or or uh, or bulk or uh, the containers or container companies. And based on what they're shipping and how much they're shipping uh, can give you an indication of how things are. Um, also too, it can it can also show you how messed up country's infrastructure is. like back when, um, we all knew that Puerto Rico was a nightmare, you know, after the hurricane. Uh, but I was speaking with my um, my shipping contacts, and you know, they would be telling me first firsthand that you know they couldn't get in uh, because you know the ports were all were all in and so we had all these ships out um, out there with you know all these uh, containers full of products. Um, but there is a lot of stuff out there, from the publicly traded companies to the data that the that the U.S. government has. Um, And also when you look at the, like, trade deficit and stuff like that is is a little bit different because, um, you know, that shows how much, you know, one is consuming over the other. But you can definitely get a good indication of how, um, like, Vietnam and other countries in Asia are doing. And a lot of people are excited about Vietnam based on um, their economic activity, which is part of looking at the shipments
1: this is fascinating i never thought about that but what a great place for an entrepreneur to spend some time to learn about uh products Uh, i'm thinking in terms of entrepreneurs on where they could ship to the level of the economy it sounds like a great Mm -hmm. uh, database for people to tap into Uh, it's one that i never thought of uh fascinating yeah
2: no it's fascinating
1: in case you just tuned in i'm tom laurie you're listening to the mentors radio Today, we are talking with CNBC's Lori Ann Larocco, the producer with the Million Dollar decks, about lessons learned from industry leaders and others on seizing opportunity and also the value of looking at shipping worldwide uh, so you can see what economies are doing and which ones are growing. Um, I'd like to shift gears now and talk a little bit about your role at uh, CNBC uh, you are uh, the person who is running the really bringing the people on the shows and everything. What is a typical day like? Well, we live in a
2: news cycle now that's about five minutes in length um, just because of what's going on uh, in the political world because as you know, politics d- does weigh heavily in terms of the markets. so um you know while we cover of course the the business news of the day in terms of Um, you know, in terms of like mergers and acquisitions, you know, we're focusing heavily on trade. Um, and, and so it's kind of crazy. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll text with, you know, some of my contacts on the Hill, see what's going on. I'm all about getting the people on, um, on first, first and foremost, but also the right voices because we have an obligation, um, because we are global. And the global trade and our partners, our trading partners watch CNBC. So you want to have the right people on TV explaining what's going on with certain issues, be it healthcare, care, uh, be it uh, trade, um, be it, you know, just anything across the board. So I, I'm just constantly reading, uh, texting with my contacts, calling my contacts, uh, just to see what's going on. And then also, too, like, uh, like earlier today, I got a text on something. Uh, that was uh, semi-quasi-newsy so i just kind of have a blank slate if you will to see you know what's going to move the markets and 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 what's newsworthy and what's not because there's a lot out there
1: Uh, you mentioned uh reading uh good books is there any uh good books that you would other than the books you've written that uh you're reading right now that you can share with us
2: well, one book on my to-do list is uh, the new book from Ken Langone, the one on capitalism. Oh, yeah. Because I, I love Ken. Yep. And um, I've known Ken forever. And, you know, talking about somebody who worked his butt off to get where he is and giving back to humanity, it's, it's Ken. Um, For folks who don't know him, he's the co-founder of the Home Depot. He actually went to get his MBA at night, and, uh, and that was unheard of back then. And NYU created the night uh, the, the MBA program and calls it the, the Ken Langone program. Um, so I want to read that. And then also, um, it's kind of funny, but I'm a huge uh, Lauren Goldwilder fan. I, I love Lauren Goldwilder And uh, um, I just finished her Prairie on Fire, the Prairie on Fire autobiography. And uh, I'm reading um, some other things about letters that she penned. Uh, I've always been fascinated by her. And uh, and I'm a mom of three kids, so all three of my kids have read the books with me. So uh, <laughs> so I kind of try to decompress, you know, with other genres, if you will.
1: And uh, how much sleep do you get a night? I mean, you've got to be up pretty early to be into the studio, right?
2: Well, you know, well, I'm a parent, so it's, it's called survival. Um, <laughs> I probably go to bed around 1030 and I get up between five and six. So I do get sleep. So sleep's really important. When I'm writing my books, um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm also writing a fiction novel, too. So at one point I was writing the Dynasties of the Sea sequel and my my fiction novel. Um, I would get up early and make a conscious effort because I love love to write and I can just kind of get down and dirty. Um, So, you know, sleep is important, but sometimes, you know, you got to just have a little extra espresso.
1: And how do you, I mean, between, you got a very intense career in a very competitive field. How do you uh, get balance?
2: You have to pencil it in. You really do. A- anybody, kids, no kids, pets, no pets, you have to schedule time for yourself. Um, it is very hard for me sometimes to give that time to myself, but you have to realize I- I'm worth it. You know, so I I, ex- I make sure that I exercise if I can at least once once a day. If not, you know, I try to do at least three times a week. Um, I like to meditate. Um, I try to meditate every day. Um, even if it's just for a couple of minutes. But I think it's vital for everybody to have those few minutes, even to yourself, even when you're in the car, you know, turn on the music and just sing like a silly like a silly person, but just release it and embrace you and be happy.
1: We got one more break, and when we come back, we're going to ask Lorianne Laracco from CNBC about her path to success in her life. I
2: had, like, memory foams, I had feather pillows, and I'd always wake up with neck pain. After sleeping on my pillow, I didn't wake up with the headaches, I was more aligned.
3: I didn't realize the connection between the pillow and sleep. When I switched to my pillow, I got a better night's sleep, and I love it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and it holds that support all night long to take the pressure off your shoulders and keep your neck aligned so you get the best night's sleep of your life.
4: My Pillow is machine washable and dryable and comes with a 60 day money back guarantee and an amazing 10 year warranty.
2: Plus every MyPillow is made in the USA.
3: I personally guarantee that MyPillow
4: will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special, plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off, plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now.
7: In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. There's a new book
6: out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosher a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence. And the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Bullyofasia.com.
0: And now... Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. I'm
1: Tom Laurie, your host for today. We're talking with CNBC's Laurieann Larocco, where she serves as the Senior Editor of Guests for Business News at CNBC. We have talked about opportunity knocking and what you can do to prepare for your own opportunities and a little bit about using uh, what's going on in the high seas with shipping to look at the future. Uh, I want to step back now and talk a little bit about your own journey. Uh, where where was home for you?
2: Well, I grew up uh, out on Long Island, uh, out in Holbrook. And uh, I went to Sachem, which uh, at the time was the largest high school in the, uh, in the state of New York. And I had about 3,000 kids um, between... Uh, between the two grades, so we had about 6,000 kids in our high school total from 9th through 12th. Uh, so I learned very early on um, to become an individual, and uh, you know got got you know got my first taste of journalism being editor in chief of my junior high school uh, as well as my high school newspapers, and then I went to Plattsburgh, and uh, there I learned a uh, you know more on broadcast journalism, and then my own journey. And you guys will find this funny. Um, I did my first journalism, you know, TV broadcast and all the kids started making fun of me because I had a Long Island accent. So I used to talk like this. I used to have, you know, I'll go get a hot dog, go to the mall, even you know, things like that. And I learned that I had to um, drop my jaw and learn how to speak again so I could be on television because no one with a Long Island accent is going to be on TV as a reporter. And, uh, I kind of just crisscrossed around the country, have been very lucky uh, to meet amazing people. Um, you know, being in local news and then, uh, created a TV show from scratch. And then an agent approached me to, uh, work for CNBC for Maria Bartiromo when she used to be here. So it's been amazing.
1: Great, great career. Uh, I come from a journalism family. My grandfather founded the Chicago Sun-Chicago Times, so uh, I've got black ink in my veins as well. Uh, I want to make sure before we run out of time that you share with us a little bit about the Rose Brucia Educational Foundation. Maybe you could talk briefly about what that's all about and what you're doing.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I am actually on the board of the Rose Brucia Educational Foundation, and we provide free stranger safety. Uh, to schools and families around the world. And uh, the reason why um, I got active was my friend Matt uh, Barbis, uh is chairman and founder. And I've known Matt since I was, I was four. And his cousin was Carly Bruscia, who was the first uh, abduction ever caught on tape, and she was raped and murdered. So we have this website, uh, org, and you can go on and learn tips to empower children to avoid uh, getting abducted from strangers. And the president himself has also been a, a supporter, and he did a PSA for us back when he was a private citizen. So it's it's a wonderful organization.
1: Thank you, Laurieann Laracco, for joining us today from CNBC Studios in New York. Her book, again, is Opportunity Knocking. We'll post links on this and her book on the uh, shipping dynasties uh, to our website. If you like what you heard and want to share it with your friends or if you tuned in late, you can hear the whole show, thementorsradio.com. Go to thementorsradio.com. We'll look for you there. Join us next week and at this time for the next edition of The Mentors. Until then, on behalf of Rick Brutico and myself, Tom Laurie, be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for those who struggle in the darkness.